Everybody, what is going on? It is Crypto Bobby. Hope you are having a great day, great night, wherever you're watching or listening in from. And welcome to another episode of the Crypto Bobby podcast. A lot to unpack today. We have the Ethereum Constantinople upgrade fork getting pushed back due to security concerns. We have the Cryptopia, aka Shittopia hack that happened. Uh, so we can talk a little bit about that as well as a corresponding tweet from CZ about Binance that sparked uh, a lot of outrage, but also some interesting discussion. So we can unpack that, provide my thoughts there. And then lastly, I want to talk about Grin and the launch of Grin yesterday on january 15th it is getting hyped up a ton especially as a fair launch coin but is it really a fair launch there's a lot of different things that you need to consider there and also kind of looking back at bitcoin why bitcoin was most likely the most fair launch ever and most likely will be the most fair launch ever when it comes to cryptocurrencies and i will talk about why but before we get into that i want to give a shout out to today's sponsor it is netsuite by oracle and like I've said before, NetSuite was actually the company I was working with when I started the Crypto Bobby YouTube channel. And if your business, your company has outgrown QuickBooks, if you're using shared spreadsheets, manual processes, legacy systems, if that's costing you too much time and money, now is the time to move your business to the cloud. NetSuite by Oracle is the business management software that have, handles every aspect of your business in a very, very easy to use cloud platform. Trust me, I've used it. There are a lot of actually some of the biggest cryptocurrency companies in the space that use NetSuite to run their finance, accounting, orders, HR system, back office sales, uh, and thousands of the best known brands, as well as some of the larger cryptocurrency companies utilize uh, NetSuite to manage their business. And right now, if you go to netsuite.com slash Bobby, you'll be able to get NetSuite's free guide to crushing the five barriers to growth. Again, if you go to netsuite.com slash B-O-B-B-Y, you can download your free copy of the five barriers to crushing growth to help you learn how to acquire new customers, increase profits, and finally get the visibility into your cash flow that you really need. And finally, that is netsuite.com slash Bobby. Let's hop into it. I don't need to spend too much time on this, but Cryptopia, some of you may have used it. It was Cryptopia was essentially or is essentially, depending upon what happens here in the future, was essentially or is essentially an exchange that uh, was really for majority speaking shit coins, um, coins that crypto cryptocurrencies, crypto assets that were not yet on a Bittrex or a Binance, uh, a lot of masternode coins, basically the bridge between something like a crypto bridge and Binance. So you know, something might start off on Crypto Bridge, maybe it goes over to Cryptopia, then it's on Binance, Bittrex, Poloniex, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but there has been a lot of talk in the past about the security vulnerabilities of Cryptopia. It took them forever to even introduce two-factor authentication into the exchange, um, but they got hacked yesterday. And it really, as far as it goes, uh, hopefully you didn't have any funds on Cryptopia. I myself had had a little bit of cryptocurrency just sitting there from um, just sitting there really at this point in time dust, but I am basically writing that bad boy off at this point in time. But hopefully you didn't have any serious amounts of funds on Cryptopia. Uh, really goes to show again the necessity and the need to own your own cryptocurrency because if you have it on an exchange it's really just sitting there waiting to potentially be hacked by someone and it really isn't a matter of if 
for a lot of these exchanges, it's a matter of when. And like I said, I think that the hack of Cryptopia, again, there have been numerous hacks of centralized exchanges before. There will be numerous hacks of centralized exchanges again. Um, however, this was a tweet from CZ at Binance, who I'm sure many of you know. This tweet got a ton of, I would say, negative feedback, also sparked some interesting discussion, so we'll cover it here. But CZ, uh, responded to the Coindesk article about Cryptopia, said, store coins yourself, you fight hackers yourself, and guard from losing wallets yourself. Computer breaks, USB gets lost. Store on an exchange, only use the most reputable, proven, secure exchanges, or move to DEX, disrupt ourselves. So let's unpack that. Basically, he said, if you store coins yourself, if you use a ledger, or if you use a treasure, something like that, or if you keep them uh, you know, on a desktop wallet, whatever it might be, you have to fight hackers yourself. You can lose your wallet. You can, your computer breaks, your USB can get lost, yada, yada, yada. All the personal security is in your hands. You can also potentially store it on an exchange. And this tweet in a lot of ways insinuates that storing it on an exchange is the most safe thing to do if you only use the most reputable, proven, secure exchanges, or in the future, we can move to DEX. And he meant Binance DEX, which is not, currently in existence, but moved to Binance Dex, disrupt ourselves. And this got a lot of feedback because of the insinuation that if you store, you should be storing your cryptocurrency on centralized exchanges uh, and simply the most reputable, proven, secure exchanges. Now, in some cases, that does make sense because there are a lot of people or there are a decent amount of people, I think, that probably, to be pretty frank, aren't smart enough to use a ledger or a Trezor um, or a desktop wallet and maintain their own personal security, whether that's two-factor authentication or whatever it might be. They simply just might be better off storing something on like a Coinbase or maybe to a lesser extent a Binance, but I still wouldn't say you're better off storing your cryptocurrency on Binance, especially if you're in the US or some jurisdictions where maybe Binance could be in trouble at some point in time, who knows? But the insinuation that storing your cryptocurrency on the most reputable, proven, secure exchanges um, is a good thing is a little bit of, of, of a difficult thing. Because like I said, on the one hand, you have individuals that probably are just not smart enough to be storing their own cryptocurrency, be it on a, on a hardware wallet or on a software wallet. On the other end of the spectrum, just because something is quote unquote the most reputable, proven, the most reputable, proven, secure exchange right now doesn't mean it will be in the future. At one point in time, Mt. Gox was the most reputable, proven, secure exchange. I used uh, Cripsy at one point in time. That was somewhat of a reputable exchange. There were a lot of exchanges in the past that have been reputable, that have been hacked, and people have lost a lot of money on that. So that isn't necessarily like what is reputable or quote unquote secure right now doesn't mean it will be that way in the future. And quite frankly, if somebody doesn't have the intelligence or the wherewithal to store their own cryptocurrency, how do they know what the most reputable and secure exchange is outside of maybe a Google search or asking their friends? They probably don't. It's not like somebody's running a pen test into Binance uh, or into Coinbase to try to figure out you know, what the what the most secure crypto way to store their crypto is if they can't store it on a hardware wallet. So this was an interesting tweet because of the amount of feedback. Some A lot of people freaked the hell out saying you should store it on your own. I personally store my cryptocurrency in hardware wallets. I might have 5% of my crypto on a number of exchanges at any given time. Like, like I said, like 5%. But 
the vast, vast majority of the of the crypto assets I use and hold, I will hold on hardware wallets, specifically on Ledger, because that's the one I like and prefer and would recommend doing the same thing uh, as well for you too. But this was uh, definitely an interesting comment. I would love to hear your thoughts below as well. You know, Do you think most people are better off storing on a quote unquote, secure and reputable exchange? Or is that something where they should, you know, no matter what hardware wallet, desktop wallet, whatever it might be, but, you know, kind of not your keys, not your, not your crypto. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that below in the YouTube comments, or if you're listening on the podcast, hit me up on Twitter at crypto underscore Bobby. Now, this was the other big news of the day yesterday and it's crazy how fast crypto news cycles move because you started off in the morning and it was the cryptopia hacking and a lot of commentary on that and then you know, a few hours later you have ethereum delaying the constantinople upgrade due to a serious security vulnerability and for those who aren't familiar within these ethereum upgrades or forks essentially they implement what are called eips or ethereum improvement proposals this was eip 1283 which is essentially um, a bit of code that is implemented or probably a large bit of code that is implemented into the ethereum network and by introducing eip 1283 that would have created a massive security vulnerability and this was found by a smart contract auditing firm called Chain Security. And this was you know, really less than 72 hours before this was supposed to go live. So this was caught shortly before this was, uh, before Ethereum was supposed to, the Ethereum upgrade was supposed to go live, which is pretty crazy to think about in general. Now, as you can imagine, when this news came out, there was a lot of, speculation price run up uh, into the ethereum constantinople upgrade and as soon as this happened if we pop over here this hour that uh the kind of delay happened we had ethereum drop about six percent and had since mostly recovered um this morning actually so about 12 hours later we've recovered about five percent uh, it's almost fully recovered not not completely there yet but one of the interesting things when it comes down to this too is that there was a smart contract vulnerability essentially or a vulnerability with ethereum but if you look at the price of btc to usd that also dropped at the exact same time so bitcoin itself dropped and usually bitcoin is the one to lead the market but bitcoin also dropped not anywhere near as severely but about two and a half percent and it has since really fully bitcoin itself is fully recovered eth has not but goes to show some of the irrationality of the cryptocurrency markets in general because what does an ethereum vulnerability or potential vulnerability have to do with bitcoin it doesn't not at all like literally not at all but the fact that bitcoin dropped about three percent two and a half to three percent based on that news goes to show some of the irrationality and as well as the, the the tight degree of correlation for a lot of these assets when you have to you know look at this stuff uh in a big picture now lastly let's talk about grin and there are a few videos out there that go into grin and mimblewimble in a lot more detail really there's there's two implementations right now of mimblewimble which is a security focused uh essentially security focused spin on blockchain 
and there is grin and beam now grin seems to be by far the most respected implementation at this point in time of mimblewimble and why grin is interesting for a lot of people is that it is a quote unquote fair launch but what does a fair launch actually mean well a fair launch in the case of grin means that there is no pre-mine, there is no founder's reward, there is no kind of ICO holding, there is no team allocation, there's nothing. Uh, it is simply a blockchain that is being developed and anybody and anyone is free to mine it from the get-go. Now, one of the issues though with this fair launch is that you know, this has been something, this has been a project that a lot of the uh, most respected or, or kind of maybe more well-versed people in the industry have been keeping an eye on for a long time. Grin has been on testnet. People have been able to set up miners on testnet to just make sure that they're ready to go. And when it comes down to Grin, uh, there are a lot of people that think Grin could be quite valuable. So there are a number, a number of large-scale venture capitalists there are a number of kind of high net worth individuals that are now putting money into spvs which are special purpose investment vehicles essentially which are allowing them basically they're taking however much money it might be five ten million dollars and putting that into mining equipment to mine grin specifically uh, and profit off that as an investment and it's really interesting because when you think about a, a fair launch a lot of people think about bitcoin in many ways bitcoin was the most fair launch out there and probably will be the most fair launch ever because nobody assigned value to bitcoin when it was first created so the people that were mining it there was no unfairness you could mine it with a cpu and later on when people figured out you could mine it more effectively with the gpu you can mine it with a gpu but you could initially mine it with a cpu but there were no venture capitalists or um you know fancy crypto funds that were mining this stuff off the top because they didn't think it was actually valuable. It was a bunch of nerds and cypherpunks that were sitting in a basement or had a computer, spare gaming computer, laptop, whatever at home, and would be mining Bitcoin or mining whatever else, but really Bitcoin, mining Bitcoin with that. Uh, and they would be mining that to secure the network. They would be mining that to get a portion of Bitcoin, etc. But the kind of issue with this now is that because people can look at the other cryptocurrencies out there, they might be looking at Grin, they, or they might be looking at Zcash, they might be looking at Monero, they might be looking at Bitcoin Private or Verge or whatever and saying, okay, Grin's tech is this or Grin's tech is that, and it might be better if we mine and we get a certain portion of that and we start to essentially build up our investment within Grin through this, then we can assign value to that and we can start pouring resources into it. So rather than, I think the intention, really the intention of Grin with a fair launch is to allow anybody to be able to mine it. And anybody, yes, can still mine it. But when you have, and here we go, shout out to Spencer Noon. It's at Spencer Noon on Twitter. And this is from the Proof of Work newsletter. I've mentioned it before. It's at Proof of Work News on Twitter. But uh, a quote from the Proof of Work newsletter, and it's from Eric Meltzer, who I think is pretty well versed on the Grin community as a whole. And he says this, there is by our conservative estimates, $100 million of mostly venture capital money invested into special purpose investment vehicles to mine Grin. So there is, at a conservative estimate, 
over $100 million that is already built up in mining infrastructure. Grin launched yesterday on January 15th. People spent $100 million or invested $100 million into mining infrastructure on day one to mine Grin. Does that sound like a quote unquote fair launch? Doesn't necessarily sound a lot like it's, you know, Joe Schmo and Bob, um, you know, mining on GPUs in their closet or on their gaming computer, or whatever. And if you take a look here, here's a video to apologies to anybody on the podcast. But if you take a look here, this is uh, a just rack on rack on rack on rack on rack of miners that are set up to mine. I This has to be probably 10,000 plus at least uh, GPUs that are set up to be mining grin on launch day. It was tweeted at 624 uh, on 624 a.m. on January 15th. So there has been a mad rush by a lot of people to mine grin. And I think it is really an interesting part of the discussion as to whether or not there will ever be a launch as far as Bitcoin again. And in my opinion, there won't just because now people know that there is actually value to be assigned to these cryptocurrencies, whether or not they will ever be as valuable as Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, um, Monero, Bitcoin Cash, whatever, there is still going to be some level of value and they can mine it and sell that to somebody else. The reason Bitcoin was a fair value, like I said, or a fair launch was because there really wasn't any value when it started. It was just magic internet money that kind of people are doing because they were interested, thought it was cool. There was not $100 million of VC money that came in on the Genesis block with Satoshi. It was Satoshi and Hal Finney or Hal Finney and Hal Finney, however you want to think about it. But really interesting stuff and a really interesting experiment. Also, before you go bag holding grin on the you know interest of a lot of the, the kind of big venture capital people out there, Take a look at the supply schedule. Take a look at the emission schedule. I've seen a couple other YouTubers pumping grin or talking about this is the next big thing. The supply schedule is literally created so that it does not act as a store of value. And so it's supposed to act as actually uh, a cryptocurrency that people use, send back and forth, um, and not supposed to be something that stores value because the inflation rate uh, is massive at first. And definitely something to think about because that matters, especially when you have $100 million of VC mining equipment that's going to be dumping on your forehead. So think about that in the long run. Outside of that, guys, I hope you enjoyed this video. If you enjoyed it, hit the thumbs up button, hit that like button. Really appreciate your time. Crypto Bobby signing out. Hope you have a good one. Peace.